What's up, podcast listeners? On today's episode of the podcast, we have Josh and myself, Chad, talking about wearables, whether it's Fitbits, Apple Watches, whatever it may be, something that you can wear on your wrist and how you can track your fitness, your calories, and even your sleep on some of these. We dive into a little bit about how the technology has transformed and how uh, you can use these to your advantage and also a disadvantage to some of these wearables and why you should be aware um, of the data that you're actually tracking. So uh, enjoy the podcast. We really appreciate you guys being here. If you guys like this podcast, please please, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Um, This has been a great format for us to connect with you guys during uh, the COVID pandemic. And without further ado, let's get right in to the podcast. Stay safe, guys. Overall, I've had, I think I've had probably three, um, three wearables. My most current one now is the Apple Watch. Uh, But for people who kind of don't know what we're talking about just basic you know fitness tracking devices whether it's calorie tracker step tracker um there's obviously different levels of them that you can get different technologies um some are more accurate than others uh, but from my experience the most accurate one that i've had it has been um the apple watch just based on overall caloric burn heart rate monitoring that kind of stuff um yeah i mean I don't really use it for to look at the caloric burn. I don't really eat back those calories. Um, but I think it's a good thing to just get an idea um, as, and some relativity within your, your fitness, whether it's correct or not. Um, I think it's a good idea to be able to see that and track it on a daily basis. Which ones have you used? So I remember back in the day when they first started coming out, um, I mean, Fitbit was one of them. I believe I got a jawbone. I don't know if you remember that one. Jawbone was the one that looked more like a bracelet. It was kind of cool looking and kind of like intertwined at the top. Uh, yeah, yeah. I used it more to kind of like watch my sleep because at the time I was like really not sleeping and I was just curious to see and it was showing I was getting like four hours of actual sleep a night and I was like, well, no wonder I'm tired. Um, but that one didn't have a face or anything on it where I can actually see. It was more like uh, the next day or the when the day was done, I could kind of take a look at what the results were from everything. So with that one, mm. uh, I used it for a little while. Uh, I had to charge it all the time, and it just kind of looked cool, like just to have on your wrist. So I was like, eh, you know, whatever, I'll just wear it. But I wasn't really using it for that purpose. Um, I believe for a minute I got like a really fake Fitbit that was like 20 bucks, and just to kind of see heart rate. I always wanted to have one that just had a stopwatch on it for more functionality for like what we do. Um, and finally uh about two years ago i ended up getting an apple watch which like you said you like i I love my apple watch i actually have my face arranged where looking at it right now like i have the time on there i have my appointment that's next up on there i have the dates i can access my text messages i can access my stopwatch and i just have the weather on there so it's kind of like an overall like i have it on my wrist and it Mm. has the functionality for the workouts and all that stuff but for me it's more like hey it's everything in one like Every time I do an actual workout, I will, for the most part, start the workout because, as we always joke, if you don't track the workout, it didn't happen. I do it more to watch the heart rate than I do, like, oh, cool, I burned this many calories. Um, I'm not doing anything as far as, like, trying to hit a certain zone or whatnot, but I do like to see how hard I'm working, and I do think the heart rate is pretty uh, accurate on it. I like to stick around, like, hey, if I get to, like, 170 on my heart rate during my workouts, I'm like, man, I'm... I'm working really hard. I know that when I'm in my best shape, 
uh, you know, a couple months back, or I guess in the fall now, a couple months back in the fall, uh, I was hitting like 165, 170, and I was able to actually continue to work. So my work capacity was increasing, and I was able to actually quantify and see that. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm my heart rate's up really high, but I'm actually able to still work. So that was good. Um, I also like to take a look at, you know, say I am like wrecked from a set and I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait till my heart rate comes down to, let's say 140 before I start this next set. I use it for those purposes as well, but just looking back at my workout today, right? So for example, I, the whole premise of us talking today is kind of like, I do think that they over-exaggerate some of these calories. Um, I think the Apple watch, you know, has the active calories versus total calories. And it's like, well, whatever I'm using my total calories because I'm still living and breathing. So I might as well. So my workout today was an hour and six minutes, 593 active calories, 710 calories total average heart rate, uh, 129 BPM. The range was between 84 and 169. Now I was videotaping a lot of my workout, um, stopping, resetting up the camera and everything just for some content. So out of those hour and six minutes, I would say probably 40 minutes of it was actual work. And some of it was setup time because I'm, you know, doing stuff at home. So I don't have a rack and I have to really like, you know, bring things over, set things up. Um, right. Now I know that for sometimes at the gym, I've done the hardest workout ever in like 35, 40 minutes. And my total calories was around like 500. Um, that's me doing multiple sets on like the assault bike. That's me doing some sled work. That's me doing a bunch of strength work that I believe my workout today, although yes, I worked pretty hard. I worked out legs. I do not think that I burned 710 calories. I think that might be a little bit of a stretch. Now what an actual per like an average person might see 710 calories, like, Oh great. Now I can eat more tonight. You know, that's their whole mm -hmm. thing where they're like, Hey, I'm allowed to eat. Let's say for example, just to keep it just to keep it uh, very consistent. 2000 calorie diet is what's always in the back of nutritional labels. So let's say, hey, I worked out and I burned 500 calories. Hey, now I can eat 2500 calories and it's the same, right? People are eating back those calories to try to be like, oh, I want to maintain or I want to be in a surplus or a deficit. And in general, people are always trying to slightly cheat a little bit just to be like, you know, to feel better about themselves. And it's easier to maintain things when you're not super, super, super strict. But science is science. Fact is fact. If you're in a surplus, you're going to gain weight. If you're in a deficit, you're going to lose weight. And if you maintain, you're going to maintain, right? Um, so with these fitness trackers, people are sometimes using them to eat back calories where they're, I've now worked out 500 calories. I can add 500 calories. I can have that ice cream. I can have that cheeseburger or whatever else I want to do because I did well. I'm going to treat myself, right? And that's part of the right. problem where people are like, well, I tracked my calories and I'm in a deficit, but you're not. So they're using these trackers, which aren't necessarily 100% accurate. And they're then taking that into their daily caloric consumption. And it's throwing off the numbers. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I, I think that, I mean, the, obviously, what people need to know about these trackers is they're using what you plug in based on your height and your weight. And then your they're just using the heart rate. So if it's judging your heart rate at whatever, sometimes they take a little bit of lag. Say they take like, you know, 30 seconds to a minute and a half to really adjust back to the, your current heart rate, you know, within a workout, it's, it's almost like hyper tracking. It's saying you're always doing this. Uh, but it also doesn't know, you know, how much lean body mass you have. It doesn't know how much fat mass you have. And all of those things adjust 
the overall caloric burn. So it's basically using BMI, right? From what you're saying. Yeah, I, I'm always positive. It just takes a an algorithm that is is made based on the BMI that you inputted it the first time, and it's using that. So even as you say say you use it and you lose a bunch of weight, say you lose 30 pounds, well, you should probably go in and readjust that calibration so it's tracking properly because it's not going to track, you know, it's not going to track your calories the same way. Um, it's so, yeah, they're definitely leaving out, you know, muscle mass. The most accurate ones that I've ever seen are the polar, um, I guess I mean, they're the most accurate heart rate monitors, uh, but you can actually strap them around your, around your chest. I think, uh, you know, a lot of like endurance athletes use them. I've seen like even in corporate fitness, a lot of people will use those for their clients. Um, but that's, to me, that's more, it's more accurate because you're getting closer to the source. You're getting closer to the heart there. Um, and it's easier to track that beat as opposed to like down on the wrist. Um, but I think that, I think a good rule of thumb for people is like, Hey, if you, if you want to use those calories as some wiggle room, maybe just use half of it or even 60% of those calories that you can eat back. Because for the most part, the things that I read, it's anywhere from like, Hey, they're, they're like 10% off to sometimes 40% off. Right. So, um, it's really hard to, to justify eating all of those back. Um, and I know you want to, I know that's why people go work out. That's why people do two a days. That's why people go on an extra walk and that's great. You know, increasing that activity level is obviously going to do a lot more room for more food. Um, but to look at this and go, Oh, I burned 800 calories exercising today. I'm going to go eat, you know, 800 calories back. Um, that's not really all that accurate. And like you said, people are just going to get kind of lost in that cycle of like, well, why, why am I not losing weight? Well, you're just, you're eating too much, right? You're still eating a maintenance calories or surplus because you think you're burning more than you actually are. Well, it's also exactly what you're saying. It's also going back to how accurate is BMI, right? If you're using BMI as a test and the results from that test to figure out your caloric consumption and your body fat mass, body fat percentage, all this stuff, it's not accurate. For those of you that don't know what BMI is, it's it's basically your weight, height. Does it factor in age as well? Uh, yeah. Okay. So basically, like for example, no, does it? I know it's at least okay, no. So it's it's weight and height, right? It's something like for example, like we it's we don't really height. use it because it's so inaccurate. That's why we're both like, oh, okay, whatever. I mean, it's basically taking someone who is let's say six foot, two hundred pounds, right? That's a pretty heavy six foot person. Chad's about six one two ten now, Chad. For example, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like now, yeah. if you take another person who is that same height and weight, who does not work out and they love to eat and they are constantly in a calorie surplus, they're going to be a fatter person, but they also can weigh the same amount as someone who like Chad, who is very lean and has lots of muscle mass. So you're comparing these two people. They're both going to get the same BMI. It doesn't take into account lean body mass. It doesn't take into account fat versus muscle, anything like that. Uh, body, uh, body water percentage or anything. So what you're doing then is you're completely skewing it off. It might say that someone like Chad is obese because he has a lot of muscle mass and it is a completely inaccurate test for someone who's actually very fit. Uh, it has this whole scale where it says like, Oh, if you're at this percentage, this percentage of body fat, you're obese, this percentage is okay. And so on. It's very misleading. Uh, you can have someone who's very, very, very skinny and they might have a higher percentage of, of uh, body fat percentage on there because, hey, their bones might weigh more or something. You know, it, it could be a completely different situation. Bone density, 
um, you know, muscle mass, fat mass, body water index, all these different things make up the equation in body fat percentage in, you know, obesity versus regular versus all these different things. And from that is where you actually get your total, total daily energy expenditure, how much you can actually eat at rest to maintain weight, how much you have to be to be in a surplus, how much you have to eat to be in a deficit and all this different stuff. So BMI in general, isn't a good tool to use to track anything. So these wearables are using BMI and it's not a great place to start. It works, I guess, to kind of give you an idea, but as Chad was saying, he's, he's read some things that say they're anywhere from 10 to 40% off. 40% is a huge amount. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, we have tracking tools at the gym. I mean, we have the InBody, which does, you know, it's a, it's a, a BIA calculator where it actually takes electrical impulses and bounces it through your body. And it, it calculates, you know, lean body mass versus uh, water versus fat mass and so on. And it gives you a better picture for that. So that's something that if you were able to plug in that data into a wearable, like say InBody made a wearable, right? That would be more accurate to me. You know, I, I'm sure that as these Apple watches continue to get more and more sophisticated, there will be something along those lines, right? Like say that, say the Apple watch itself with a BIA, right? It's on your, it's on your body. It can send electrical impulses right. to your body, things like that. Right. But until these, these wearables that are about only, you know, maybe seven years old, I know I started using it a little bit after college. Uh, so it's, it's probably around like seven years old or so. I mean, the, the polar heart rate monitors have been around forever. And like you said, those are great. Those are probably the gold standard when it comes to heart rate. Uh, but as far as the overall nutrition tracker, wearable workout trackers, those have not been around that long. So we're probably on the edge of these things starting to get really sophisticated. And we did that talk with uh, Pete Wilkins uh, last week or before that, where he was talking about a couple other ones. So there's one that he's wearing now that measures blood sugar, which that's a whole other level, right? It's got actually, it's, yeah. it's almost like the same idea as like a diabetes test. It little patches it's in his shoulder got a little needle in there or whatever and it's co constantly calculating his blood sugar so that gives you an, another reading and then there's the uh, whoop which i'm actually really wanting to get one just so i can see what it's about like i don't want to get one to be like oh i think this is this is real i'm gonna better my performance i just kind of want to do it as a research study to see what it really will do yeah yeah i, I think i would want to see it for the sleep aspect um just because, I, I mean, the Fitbit that I used to wear was really good with sleep. And, you know, it was giving me, like, when I was in deep sleep, when I would wake up. It was kind of, it was fairly accurate. Um, but, yeah, for, with the Whoop, I want to kind of see, like, you know, how I perceive my sleep, what the thing says, and then how, you know, my workouts are affected. You know, some of it sometimes I think is it could be a little bit of self-filling prophecy. Like, oh, I'm wearing this. I'm going to sleep a little bit better. Um, I feel like I slept better. The thing's going to tell me I slept better and thus I'm going to, you know, train a little bit harder in the gym. Um, but I mean, Hey, if that increases your, your sleep patterns, if it improves your, um, your gym performance, like, I guess that's a good self-filling prophecy. You know, sometimes it's, I think it's hard from a wrist wearable thing. I think it's hard to accurately determine if it's really helping or if your sleep is really on point. Um, but who knows? I mean, I, I could be, I could be saying this and I just don't have one and I could, you know, in three, four weeks when I get one, I could love it. So 
Um, it's hard to say now, but I do think like there's, there's some type of aspect of a, um, of a self-fulfilling kind of prophecy with it. Well, with the, with the whoop, I, it's one of those things where people have been like, Oh man, it's completely changed my training. Um, I remember we had another client in the gym who was like, Oh, I got this. And like, it was telling me when I'm ready to work out and all this stuff. Like, to be honest, if I want to work out, I'm stubborn. I know that I can work out, but the whoop tells me, Hey, you're not hundred percent. Am I going to not work out? You know, it's, one of those things like hey are you hurting yourself more than you're helping yourself yes that that might be a certain situation if you're super sleep deprived and you're just breaking your body down consistently you're always in a catabolic state right you want to be anabolic when you're working out but for me if i'm using this thing and i think i feel pretty good but it's giving me a different reading which again i would hope that it wouldn't do that it would always tell you when you're accurately good or not i don't know how how mm-hmm. i would believe it or not you know there's been days where i've i don't feel great but then I'll get a workout in and I feel phenomenal after my workout. So I don't want to lose that feeling because I'm listening to something that's telling me, you know, it, it's, it's a coach, but I'm a coach and I, I know my own body. Right. So I listen to my body and sometimes I ignore my body, which is stupid, but there's also times when I ignore my body and then I feel phenomenal afterwards. I mean, I'm sure you felt that way too. Like just get a workout in and you feel great. Um, so it's, it's one of those yeah. things where I don't know how useful it'll be for someone like me who, I'm not a top level athlete. I'm someone who loves to train because I'm addicted to it. Um, I also like the feeling I get from training and I also want to be able to eat whatever I want. So I get to train as hard as I can whenever I want to. So for me, I would like to believe that it's a good tool for people to use, but I don't know if I'm the right person to use it. Yeah. um, Yeah. I I mean, I guess, I think one thing to know for to note on all of these is they're all relative. Um, so for example, you know, say one person uses the Fitbit, your, your readings, whether it's on your overall heart rate, your sleep, your caloric burn, the weight, the fat, whatever it's reading for you at that time is all relative to, to you and you using that device. Now, I say the same thing about, you know, scales or like the in-body for like biological impedance. If you're going to use it, keep everything the same and controllable and use it the same way each time. So, you know, if you're using if you're using the Fitbit and you work out for a month um, and you see that, you know, your heart rate, overall heart rate kind of comes down and your sleep improves, it's reading it on the same algorithm. So obviously something is happening. You are adapting. You're becoming you know, a little bit more, I guess, quote unquote fit. Um, but if you're jumping around device to device, like I know there's some people that use like Fitbit to sleep, but they use, um, you know, the Apple watch to work out. And that's just, to me, that's a disconnect. Like you need to be using one for almost everything so that you can really keep track of, you know, how it's reading your body um, and how you're using that data to, to enhance your life or performance in the gym. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about, um, Going back to the first topic, we talked about uh, expectations. So, you know, I've seen different fitness facilities out there, or different programs out there that say, oh, you're going to burn a thousand calories during this 45 minute workout, or you're going to burn 600 calories during this 45 minute workout. And I know we've had our opinions about this in the past. Um, I mean, first of all, it's total horseshit. Like for you to actually burn a thousand calories in a 45 minute workout, you need to be about dead for 45 minutes straight. Like, I don't even know if, can you, do you think you can even do that in 45 minutes for a thousand calories? 
uh, it'd be really that's what I'm hard. saying. Like you'd have to be, yeah. you'd have to be a muscled up dude, well conditioned, and going. Like I think it'd be really tough. Right. And we've seen a lot of these places that you know say this, and it's it's just like any other, you know, marketing tool where it's like, oh hey, you're gonna lose this much weight in this much time, or this is the key to success. You're gonna shred up in six weeks or something, right? These heart rate monitor tools and these fitness tracker tools have now been used in that same aspect in the fitness industry to show, look, you burn 700 calories in 30 minutes of a workout. Now you can eat more. You can do better. You can you can lose weight. You'll be in a deficit. All this different stuff, right? So those same things that, as we've been talking about for the last half hour or so, they aren't completely accurate. So neither are these claims by all these different places. And it's another one of those things where, yes, we could also do the same thing. We can have our clients use these wearables, find out what their heart rates were, find out what their watches say they burned and so on. And we can advertise that. But we like science. We like facts. We like research studies you know, peer reviewed articles. And we know based on all the research that it shows that these things are over exaggerating on the caloric burn. So we don't right. use that as a, you know, marketing ploy to our advantage because we don't believe that it's true. Right. Yeah. I mean, that it makes me so frustrated when, when I see that kind of shit going on when you're reading ads and even on like, and I think it should be illegal um, for people to even advertise like a certain amount of caloric burn, like burn 1200 calories within a workout. Like no one's doing that. First of all, second of all, you should be ashamed of yourself and lying to, to your potential customers. Um, and to me, it's just like, it's just a, a last ditch effort to try and get someone in your gym and you're not really promoting um, the, the right things around fitness. I mean, actually, Kirsten just, uh, she just looked up, would you look up, Kirsten, 45 minutes? If it was possible to, to burn that 1,000 calories in 45 minutes, and it literally said, you could do it, but you make it. Right, exactly what process. I said. So, <laughs> the, yeah, the idea of that, to go that hard for that long, to burn that many calories. You'd probably be, have to be above your max heart rate for the entire time. So basically do you a 45 minute VO2 max test and point. probably would burn it. <laughs> but even so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I did a VO2 that. max test in, in uh, college and I got my heart rate to 204, I believe. And I was about ready to drop dead. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's unfortunate that, that a lot of people in the industry are, they're selling these false claims um, with nothing to back it up, but when you, if you were to approach them about it, it's just like, oh, come on, like everyone's doing it. Well, no, like at some point, you know, we, we want to give correct information. We want people to learn how to take care of their body, how to think about their fitness, strength, and conditioning in the right way. Um, and that's why, like, on our website, like, if you go to our website, lift-chicago.com, you're not going to see anything that's saying, we're not guaranteeing you anything. We're not guaranteeing you that you're going to burn a certain amount of calories or gain a certain amount of muscle mass because it's all completely independent based on a bunch of other factors, you know, how you're sleeping, what you're eating, how often you come in, you know, we're going to guarantee you really good training and that's quality and the quantity of, of reps and good reps that we're going to get in. 
Um, and then we're guaranteeing you a good knowledge base of coaches. And then other than that, I don't think people should really be able to promote anything else unless they have some type of proprietary technology that they have research backed. They shouldn't be sitting there saying, we're going to guarantee you X, Y, and Z <clears throat> from our workouts because it's well, just fitness in general bullshit. in life, everything, no matter, everything, not even fitness, everything's individual. So for one person to say, Hey, I could burn this much in a workout. Another person can say, you, you can't make that claim. I mean, every time you'll see it, there's always going to be little asterisks next to it. Like maybe one person or even any of those like, Oh, hydroxy cut workout or hydroxy cut pills that say uh, six weeks to this body or whatever. If you look at it, it has a little asterisk that says results not typical because there's maybe right. one in a million people that might be that way or just in general, it's not, it's not true. I think as long as you say results not typical, you could say whatever the hell you want, right? So for us, like you said, it's all tried and true. It's all backed by science. It's all slow and steady, not necessarily slow and steady, but it's, it's consistent, consistent hard work will always yield consistent results, right? Uh, we always say that stuff. So for someone to mm -hmm. use any yeah. of these claims of their workouts will burn X amount of calories. Yeah. If, if I'm a consumer and I don't know any better, if I look up lift Chicago and I'm like, Oh, this just looks really hard. And I don't know what my results might look like. There's no like before and after pictures of people or whatever. And then I see, uh, Oh, this other gym, they're claiming that I can burn a thousand calories in 45 minutes. Look at this person in this picture. I'm definitely going to go to that gym because they just sold me on the fact that I can burn a thousand calories, which means I can go eat three slices of pizza later and I'll still lose weight. Right. It's just a completely, it's a complete farce. And right. I don't want to ever stoop to that level. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. Some people would sit there and say, Oh, well, that's good marketing. I would say, well, like that's good, maybe short-term marketing, but long-term, you know, community building, that's not. Really well, if you overpromise and underdeliver, it's worse than if you, don't overpromise, but you exactly. consistently yield good results to people who are smarter and actually take time to research things. So. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. No, yeah. So in general, as as far as these wearables go, I I like them. They're fun. There's a whole community element to it where you can actually on the Apple Watch like be friends with somebody and you can challenge them or you can encourage them. That kind of stuff is good for people who are the regular population who have trouble moving around or who have trouble getting motivated, you're actually able to have someone motivate you who's a friend or in your community and so on. That's great. Anything that helps you get better or achieve your fitness goals in any way, shape or form that isn't hurting you, I'm all for it. I've said it time and time again, even if it's not Live Chicago, if it is something else, go for it. As long as you are gonna be a healthier person, I argue that you're not going to find a better option than us but if you, as long as you're a healthier person and you're not getting hurt you're not hurting yourself doing something do it so if i'm on this apple watch and i'm seeing that i'm consistently doing a good work and i have like you know people cheering me on and stuff through it like little messages like oh you're doing great and i'm someone that's getting motivated by that that's amazing right looking back at my day today or even on my week today if i go into that and chat if you want to pull yours up uh if i look at so far today so my move goal is 1,070 calories. I'm at 839. As I mentioned, my workout today was like 700 calories. It says I've stood for eight out of 12 hours today. I don't think that's true at all. I maybe have stood for like three or four hours. And it said I've taken 41, 59 steps, walked two miles, climbed four flights of stairs. I think on a regular basis when life is normal in the gym, 
at the end of the day, I had like 15,000 steps, which I believe that because we're literally going around in circles. And my move goal is always above, or my actual moving is actually always above a thousand because that's just us moving around, us working around, us taking a million steps a day, us standing on our feet all day. Do I think that I burned an extra thousand calories than what I normally would do at rest? I don't know if it's a thousand. I mean, what what do you think? What do you think on that? Like, I just right. don't know like how to believe this thing. I just know that it's always consistent. So I'm like, okay, I'm doing the same thing I'm doing. As long as it's consistent, I know that I will continue to yield consistent results because this thing is consistent. Even if it's wrongly consistent, as long as I'm doing the same thing, it's still okay. Yeah, um, it's hard to say without like really having a a strict caloric intake it's hard to say like how accurate this truly is uh, i'll kind of get a better idea here as i like continue to do this challenge because uh, i'm keeping my calories really strict but like today i have uh 633 active calories um i don't have the overall total calories burned but um you know i'd probably say it's i think the app watch especially the newer softwares are getting more and more consistent they actually up their um, I think the technology on the heart rate monitor. So obviously it's, it's tracking it a little bit more precisely, which is giving a, probably a little bit more accurate number, but I mean, it's hard to tell because, you know, I think, I mean, it, is it, is it tracking, like I'm sitting here talking on this podcast and I'm moving my hands around. Is it tracking that movement? Is it tracking, you know, is it taking that as I'm standing up? Um, so it's really hard it's really hard to put a precise, like, is this working? What do I think about this thing? It's, I, I think it's for everyone, it's all relative. And I think if people can detach themselves from the outcome of the watches on a daily basis, but use them as a motivator to stay active. I think that's a pretty good place to be in. I do think these, I think these things are really good for people who aren't like us. They're not typically just a innate active person, Right they're they work at work from home or they work in a desk job they wear it to really see okay what are they going to do for a workout um you know the app watch reminds them to stand up it reminds them that they need to be active it holds them accountable when they're not so for a lot of people i think this is good on the flip side of this some people can become attached to it like i know i have a friend that she becomes a little attached to this and like doesn't wear her watch if she knows she's going to be below her activity so there's a healthy relationship with these. There's an unhealthy relationship. And I think we just need to remember, like, these things aren't live or die, right? You still burn calories when you're not necessarily super active throughout the day. Um, so if you just have the mindset of kind of taking these things with a grain of salt, but just using them as relative data to help you along your process, I think it gets a lot easier uh, when you kind of have Absolutely. that mindset. And like you said, and like I said earlier, Regular people who have a hard time continuing to stay active, these things always remind them. And then in general, if you think back a couple of years ago, there's like always that like daily step challenge. I think 10,000 is the is the number that everyone's trying to get to. And I know people in offices will be like, oh right. no, I'm at like 9,000 for the day. They'll go walk a bunch extra just to get there. So that's good, that's great. That The fact that this will keep them accountable to do extra activity is phenomenal. Well, you said where you have a friend who's like, oh, I don't wanna, have my results be shitty so i'm not going to wear this thing that's you know that's the unhealthy relationship with it just like someone who doesn't want to take a before photo if they're trying to do before and after because they don't want to see where they started 
or someone who doesn't want to get in the scale today because not necessarily that scale is end all be all, but, oh, I had a really big meal yesterday. So the scale will be wrong today. Like there's always these, you know, parts of our human nature that are trying to, you know, tip the scale a little bit, play on words, tip the scale a little bit in our favor uh, in case that we've been naughty in our activities and so on. But yeah. Right. Are there any other wearables that we're missing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of them. There's, I mean, you have like, there's a bunch of different Fitbits. There's like a smaller one. There's a watch one. It's called the Fitbit Versa. What about the ones that are in the shoes? Um, the the like the shoes. I think those Pete's are more or less got just the Under Armour shoe um, that has the whole app that goes along with the Under Armours are like phenomenal technology company beyond just the, the, the clothing and shoes and everything. They have a lot of tech. Yeah. So uh, when I was at Maryland, they were actually the guys came in from Under Armour and they were talking to, to the coaches and trainers there about um, basically getting a wearable technology to use. And it was almost like a, uh, like a catapult system. So catapult for people who don't know, a lot of teams use it. You can essentially track um, all the movement of um, all your athletes. So you can have it all into a database. You can see, you know, what's their overall exertion level, how much did they run? um, How many steps did they get? You know, how fast were they going? So you can really track like, first of all, accountability within like a practice, um, but within like a training session, these coaches now can really say, okay, they need, this guy needs to take this day off. He was really burnt out yesterday. Um, so very similar to like the whoop and giving you like a recovery uh, number in the, the catapult does it in the Under Armour, I think was working on one. Um, I don't know if they ever used it, but yeah, I mean, they're, I've heard that their watch is pretty good too. It's not on the website that I'm looking at right now. But they're now. also hooked up. Don't, don't um, they own my fitness pal and map my run and all that? I think. So I'm sure yeah, that I if, like, even do. the shoe, like, it basically takes you to the Under Armour app that shows, hey, like, how many steps you took if you're in a workout or whatever. And then you have your nutrition, you have all that stuff. So it's definitely a – they have a lot of stuff cornered in that market as far as trackable stuff. That's, that's pretty nice. Yeah, but it's interesting. You don't really see them right. promoting it all that well, often. Under Armour in general, the like, only I, I ads I ever see are for sports or The Rock working out, right? So they don't really cater to the regular person in the gym. I would assume that's how I feel. So, like you said, like hey, Maryland athletes were looking into this stuff with Under Armour because they're in sports. But for the regular consumer, I'm not really seeing this stuff on a commercial on a regular basis. Um, right. you know, which one I just thought of oh, is, you know, those ones that track like bar speed and, uh, basically explosiveness and power in general. Like, I think they like attached to like a rack or maybe they're on a bar and they will track the athletes power output during a workout. Have you seen those before? Uh, what are those called? Yeah. 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 Um, uh, there's a few different ones. I want to say, what are they called? The. Well, basically, that's all is, for like but... that's all basically for but yeah, I know what you're powerlifting or Olympic lifting or you know mechanics of sports. They are trying to increase everyone's ability to move faster, produce more power. Right, that's what those are for. So if you are a yeah, yeah. power athlete, say you're a football player, they might take your squat 
and break down saying that you're not putting enough power out. So, hey, they don't need, they need to work on your explosiveness and so on. So that's like super, super, super in-depth analytics, just like something like a blood sugar analyzer, right? Like there's a lot of these that are super, super advanced and they aren't for the regular population. But I've seen, I've gotten fed a couple of ads for that actually, like, you know, something that sits on the power rack or something. And it's just like, watch your explosiveness in the workout. I'm like, okay, well, I don't really need that. But yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that those those have their purpose like within weight rooms and stuff. There there's also technology now that um each rack within like a like a team weight room is set up with a almost like an iPad or a tablet and the guy like each athlete has a wearable on and they come up and they, they scan it and then once they scan it, the already like the sets of the reps of the program is already set in there. And then the video actually catches each rep individually so they can go back and watch the set and they can, it tracks everything. It tracks bar speed. It tracks overall force output based on That's the way that they have. It's pretty cool. That kind of replaces the strength. Yeah. <laughs> Almost does. But at the same time, like, you know, it's not tracking technique and how, how are these athletes right. supposed to know what is right. good technique versus bad technique, that kind right. of stuff. So totally. But yeah, it's cool technology is coming out with um, with being able to to track exercise, to track activity, um, and strength conditioning stuff too. Yeah, that's uh, that's all I got today. Um, as far as wearables, I don't think there's any other ones that I've ever had. I think I might have had like a Nike one back in the day, but that was literally they had their own. It wasn't even calories; it was like Nike Fuel or something like that. Um, yeah, the Nike bands kind of like wore their way out, you know. They right. Well, Apple kind of took over. Apple bought, I think, the rights to the whatever they were using, and then. Well, also, um, yeah. Put it in now Apple Nike Watch. sells Apple watches, like the sports bands, and they have their own version and all this stuff. Um, but I like my Nike Fuel band; it was cool. I don't really know what I did with it. I, I don't really recall. I just think I really wore it because it looked cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, wearables overall, if they help you stay accountable great. If you're using them to live and die by, don't. Um, if you're using them to eat back calories and you're finding that you aren't getting the results you thought you were or thought you should be, then clearly they are not being accurate and you're overeating. Uh, but in general, I think that they are a great tool that you can use to continue through your training as long as you have you know, regular expectations for it and are not buying into every single thing that you might see from it. Yeah, I think that's a good way to, to talk about it for sure. Yep. Good stuff. Well, hopefully we can get back in the gym soon. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, yeah, yeah. For anyone out there listening, if you've been to Lyft before, if you're just following our content, uh, we appreciate you guys. We miss being in Lyft. Um, hopefully – all this is going to be over soon and we can get back to um, listening to some real weight in the gym. So uh, we appreciate you guys listening in. If you guys like the podcast, please, please subscribe uh, to the podcast and leave us a comment to see. Uh, we would love to see what you guys think of it and any topics that you guys would like to hear about or like us to discuss. Uh, we'd be more than happy to listen to that. So um, thanks for being here, guys. Once again, until next time, I'm Chaz. Yep. Josh.